What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode seven of the Wandering Sun podcast. Today, we are featuring my good friend, Don Rico. Now, I'm going to keep it sweet and simple. We are talking about two of my favorite things today. That is music. That is Jesus. So if you're interested in any of those two things, you definitely want to stick around because it's going to get interesting. Now, as always, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook just to keep up with any updates. We are on YouTube as well. So if you have a YouTube channel, if you find yourself in YouTube a lot, make sure you subscribe to our channel because we are posting daily clips. But yeah, without further ado, here is episode seven of the Wandering Sun podcast. So, you know, when I when I heard your music, man, for the first time, I was super impressed. And I think the first track that I heard from you was Te lo Juro. I think that mm. was like the first. Oh, no, Nada Mas. Nada I Mas, okay, yeah. That one was the first track and then Te lo Juro. And I was like, hold up. And and me being, me being uh, uh, I like to go deep with people, like behind mm. the scenes. I'm like the stalker of Instagrams. Like I just, <laughs> I look at people, I look at what's going on, where they're coming from. And you were rapping in Spanish. Yeah. Singing in Spanish. But I'm like, well, he looked white. But I was like, you know, we're accustomed to that. And then I and then I and then I find out and I see the flag. You always repping the flag. Mm-hmm. And it's Honduras on the flag. Honduras, man. I'm like, Honduras? Hold up. <laughs> because we don't even see like rappers from Honduras. That's not yeah. a common thing. So man, just tell me about your background, bro. Tell tell the people, I think this is going to be one of the first times that people are going to get to hear that, that yeah. story. Can you just yeah. tell the people like where you're from, just your ethnic background? Yeah. So I'm white and I look white for a reason. So both of my parents are actually American and they decided, um, they got married and they felt God calling them to um, go into the mission field. And so they really felt God calling them into Honduras. And when they went there, they actually ended up staying for 21 years, just became a part of um, just all the people there and immerse themselves in the culture. It's honestly a blessing. So it's, uh, I have three older brothers. They were all born and raised there. And I was born and raised there. Um, I lived there for the first half of my life. So for 10 years and it's super unique. Like, I'm not going to lie, man. Like it's definitely really interesting to have that background. Uh, and it also allow, it's allowed for, uh, for me to have a lot of um, just different perspectives, different takes just on the world. And um, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's truly a blessing. And it so, humbles so yeah, you. But that's, huh? I said it humbles you. It, it does. No, for real. And, and so it's, it's allowed for um, just for me to have just to be a, more understanding about some things as well. So I'm white, um, but <laughs> truly in the heart, man, like Catracho, bro, I'm Honduran. I was born and raised around those people, like Hondurans, like those are, that's my family right there. It's truly just kind of shaped my life and shaped my relationships. So yeah, that's, that's kind of just the kind of basic breakdown of yeah. my background. But tell me about that though, because uh, as far as how it's, how has it impacted you now? Because, and I think we've talked about this. I, mm-hmm. I grew up in Nicaragua for eight years. Yeah. And then I came down here. I was born here, but I just lived eight years over there. Mm. And then I came here. And as when I look back at that, at that uh, experience, it humbled me. It gave me vision for the future because mm-hmm. I saw what people were going through over there. And yeah. it gave me just a drive to want to go back and help and uh, obviously, it, it just gave you a whole, it gives me a whole new story, right? Mm-hmm. So 
how did living 10 years is literally half of your life because you're 20 yeah. years old now how did those 10 years of living in honduras impact your life now bro i'm about to listen out because it's a lot it's a lot that i have to say on that so yeah yeah um I mean, I don't even know where to start. So I, I guess I'll just pick one thing. And that is like when, um, well, so just to kind of give you like context, inside my house was the only place um, when I was living in Honduras that I ever spoke English. Spoke English with my family inside my house. But whenever we had mm. guests or whenever I was outside of the house anywhere, it was all Spanish. Uh, so I was, I think a lot of times you hear of like, you know, these missionary kids and they go to these preppy like bilingual schools or boarding schools um and all this stuff and so they never really even get introduced to the culture which to me is such a sad thing man because mm. you're missing out on so much and you're missing out on a lot of a lot of wisdom and a lot of insight that you won't get in any other way yeah. um, and that's that's truly been a blessing to me because i've been able to see people in their different walks of life um and be able to be more understanding and it's even helped me be more compassionate because i think that's what we like a lot of today and a lot of it's because there's so much misunderstanding and not enough uh openness and willingness to you know listen to each other and where we're coming from yeah. so it's been a blessing um up until this point like uh just in that sense but you know it's had a crazy impact on my life too when i when i just look back um because i so at 10 years old we moved to the united states we moved to out of all places, we moved to Mississippi. Start from Mississippi. <laughs> so that, you know what, man? That, that just makes it crazy. Like, first of all, yeah. like, Honduras is not a very common, um, you don't hear people talking about Honduras much, right? Yeah. They don't, yeah. unfortunately, don't tend to be represented in a very um, positive light by a lot of people. And then, I mean, if I'm moving to the U.S., most people are thinking, oh, you know, Miami, Florida, somewhere there. New York, or, you know, like, yeah. New York or Atlanta, like, but no, man, Mississippi. <laughs> so, Mississippi. Um, but the reason for that was, um, you know, my, my grandparents were getting older, had to come back and uh, just make sure we were there for them physically, um, yeah. and just be able to take care of them. So, um, but moved here and bro, it was just like a whole culture shock. I didn't know how to handle it, man. Just being so young. And I felt like I was being reintroduced to the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's something about um, being a child. It's just like you're, you're raised so innocent, so innocently. And so, like, all I knew, man, was being in Honduras and, and truly, like, being with, you know, all of my Honduran friends and my family. And so this was a whole, this, this just kind of turned my life around. I was like, yeah. I, don't know how to, I don't know how to take this. It was completely different just in a lot of ways. First of all. We lived in Tegucigalpa, in the capital of Honduras. So that's like a million people. Uh, moved to a, you know, to Mississippi in a, in a small city called Starkville. It's like 30,000 people or something like that, right? So that that's already a whole switch up. Not yeah. used to that. But um, later on in my life, I'd see where that really played a role because um, I was having all these like, mm, just a whole culture shock and I didn't know how to handle it, um, which... From that, um, as I continued to live in Starkville and, uh, you know, a few years later, um, I, I realized, like, I was really losing my touch with the culture that I was born and raised into, the Honduran culture. And it's it's almost like I was, so it's like around 14 and 15, it's almost like I felt ashamed 
of being born and raised there, but not feeling Honduran enough or something like that because my Spanish was just slowly slipping away. And it's tough. It's a little bit tougher for you because, you know, like when, when I come from, from Nicaragua to New York, I can still speak. I'm still pushed to speak Spanish in my yeah. home. You right. over there, you're like the opposite. You are pushed to speak Spanish outside of your home over there. So now when you're in a place where it's just all English, then it's like, you don't I have can, that push. I, there weren't as many opportunities, yeah. um, you know, presented to me. And even if the opportunity came, um, I'd, I'd be ecstatic about it. I'd, you know, I'd, I, I would try to find those opportunities, but it almost got to a point where I became so discouraged and so ashamed of my um, Spanish that I almost didn't want to take those opportunities that very rarely came because I was afraid I was going to mess it up or say something stupid. Yeah. Uh, when, the, when the truth is, you know, that, that shouldn't be the case to begin with, man. It's, it's a part of who I am. Um, it's one of the biggest parts of who I am. It's truly shaped me um, my entire life. But thankfully, God wasn't just in there being like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave it like that. And that part of my life just isn't going to be relevant to me anymore. Right. Yeah. No, God, God had me there for a reason. I had our family there for a reason. Uh, and I think just um, the more I grow, the more I think about it, the more I realize like how intentional he was in putting me there yeah. um, and placing us there. And just to kind of um, continue with what I was saying, you know, it's, it's around the um, probably when I started high school, I got to go to a, um, it was a spring break mission trip. We went to Puerto Rico. And uh, when I went there, it was just like all of a sudden so many things clicked. And it's because mm. I hadn't been around, you know, I hadn't been in that environment in so long um, with those people in so long that when I went there, you know, I, they had me um, to translate and to help out with all of that. And that was just like a God just gave me a big reminder. It was like, I've made your life the way I made it for a reason. And I want yeah you to be able to see that and use that to be able to bring me glory. And, and there, mm. there's so many ways that it opens up so many doors, honestly. And it, I was almost blinded, like ignorant to those doors because I was just so afraid, man. I, I was just scared that um, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't Latino enough. I wasn't, you know, wasn't enough. And um, the truth is, man, like when I was in that Puerto Rico trip, um, just like in a couple of days, bro, so much of my Spanish came back. And I was like, I didn't even realize I had this in me. And just, it, it reminded me of how much I just love the whole um, Latino culture. And because after all, that's what I was born and raised into, you know, yeah. it is a part of me. And it's not a part of me that is going away. Yeah. So yeah, after yeah. that trip, um, it, it just got, got me back into really getting back into the Latino culture and music and everything. And I think from there is where something really sparked. And one thing, this is one of the things that I'll always remember because it's always stuck out to me. We went to um, Belize for, for a week. It was another spring break thing. And um, I was a senior at this point in high school. I had, so I had released my first project. It was all in English. The music I was making was really all in English. Yeah. Um, I had two friends there in Belize. Um, they were helping us out. They were actually like local, you know, Belizeans and everything. And Belize is still cent Central America, correct? Yeah, it's still it's right there, um, right by Guatemala. So I got to build a really good relationship with the two of them, really good friendships. And they just really 
talked a lot to me about um, just my walk with Christ. Um, because after I, I was there, I was also translating again and um, doing all of that stuff. And so uh, one night, it was our last night, and we did like this little thing. Uh, it was just three seniors on the trip, so I was one of them. Uh, and we'd get like each senior like in the middle of everybody that was um, on the trip. And just people would go around and just say something about that person that either um, they admire, something that they've seen, that they've enjoyed, that God has shown them through that person, things like that. And so it, it got to them and, and they, um, well, they shared with me their heart in Spanish. So no one else knew what they were saying. It was just me. It was yeah. me and them. Uh, and they were just like, we, we've really been praying about this and we really feel that God is going to use you and your music for the Latino community. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, when they say that, I'm like, cool, but I'm not even making that music, you know? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. how? You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, more specifically, so they they were talking about the the Honduran community. So anyways, but I look at, I look back at that. And then I think that was the same year. Um, later on, I decided to go out on a limb and I made El Coche. And that's where so many things sparked for me, man. That's it wasn't even like a you know spiritual song or anything like that. It was a fun song. Yeah. I just wanted to do it, and I was already thinking to myself, people probably won't really like this. It's not going to go anywhere. But that's honestly what opened up so many doors for me. Um, and so I just I don't know, man. I look back at all that like it's crazy. Like it's it's crazy when you look at how intentional God is about where He puts us in life. Um, yeah. And how every every little detail like it's there for a reason. It's not there to be ignored. I want to play a quick clip because you dropped a new record um, called Selena, which mm -hmm. is my favorite record right now. And I love it because you just hear Latin culture in it. So I'm just gonna play it real quick and we'll keep it going. Go ahead. Yo, like, first of all, like, the way that song came to be about, it, it definitely, I was not even trying to go that route. Like when I was first making the beat, it's the it's the whole trap part you you hear, you know, with the little like bells or whatever. Right. When the cumbia part came, bro, it just fit perfectly. And I was like, how? Bro, I, I love it when like I, I think this is one thing the creatives can always relate to. It's like some of the best material it's a happy accident. Some of the best content you have is the accidents, man. It's like you weren't even intending to go there. Um, but it happens. And so yeah. The reason why this song worked out so well for what I was trying to do with it is because, first of all, usually what I do in my creative process is I make the beat first, and later on, I write to it, um, yeah. make the melodies to it. Uh, but with this, bro, it, it's hilarious because for so long, I'd been wanting to make a song that was sort of like a, an ode and uh, paying homage to uh, Selena. And yeah. I could just never make it work. I always like, I would write like these bars, in my phone always like 
trying to incorporate like the whole beady beady bum bum in there and try to make some work in the song and it just never sounded right it just never yeah. sounded good but with this one man i mean i've been trying to put this in here for like half a year like i swear but with this one once i made that little cumbia part and i just like taught things around, i was like oh my gosh yo this is the Perfect. one this is where i this is where i like really do this um so that was i'd been i've been waiting to make the song for the longest time people don't even know so i'm so excited that like it was finally able to like be executed and everything but yeah and, and another reason why the song is actually really special to me is because selena is one of my biggest inspirations and also w one of the um artists that really helped me during my time of where I, it was just a whole culture shock and I didn't know how to handle things and I was losing my Spanish, losing my um, mm. sense of being Honduran and everything um, and being bilingual. Like her music really helped me with that because, I mean, you look at her story, it's different than mine, but I relate to it in the sense that she, she, didn't, she didn't just grow up a perfect Spanish speaker. She didn't even grow up speaking Spanish, right? She, yeah, she um, had to learn. She learned it. She learned it and she learned it through music. Yep. I mean, I relate to that because that's that's kind of how I got it back as well. And it didn't matter that she couldn't, um, you know, speak perfect Spanish necessarily. But, bro, you see how much her music reached so many people and how it impacted so many people and how it impacted the, the industry, man. Like, so um, I look at her story, man, and it's super inspiring to me because there's a lot of things I relate to um, yeah. in there. And so that song, man, I've been trying to make it. For so long just because she's she's definitely one of my biggest inspirations and one of the reasons why i'm doing what i'm doing yeah as well even when i heard the record um and i heard that reference first of all you know you the first thing you hear is the cumbia and it's like mm -hmm. oh man okay here we go and then that the beat drops and the 808 is crazy on that. It's just super, super. Bro, that's card. That's card. Really? That's card. Because I have the bass, but he, he, it's, it was Oof. his mix. He mixed it. Um, okay. And uh. he made, when I, when I, when he gave me the first mix, I was like, sheesh. I just put it on in my car and I was like, because mine was not there. But when he played, when he sent me that, I was like, oh my gosh. Bro, so, um, what do you feel God? wants to do with you man in in the music industry and and are you scared to or are you worried to go into this into this this beast because the music industry is a beast man you know yeah. we know this this is this is a dark place don't get me wrong there's people like lecrae who have broken down walls and who have proved that you can do it and you can do it right Right. Mm -hmm. But for you as yeah. a 20 year old going into this as a Latino. Doing this type of music, where, where's your mind uh, with that? Yeah, so um, it's definitely, you know, I have to remind myself what I'm getting into is not something that's going to be easy. It's not supposed to be. And I'm constantly reminded by, you know, other people that know what I'm doing as well. You know, I just literally this morning, uh, me and my mom had a conversation, you know, about that. Um, and so I think one of the most important things, especially at my age, because while I am growing in the Lord, bro, there's a lot of stuff. I just don't know. I'm not there. Um, Same. I'm very, yeah, I'm, I'm very inexperienced in a lot of areas of my life still. And unfortunately, you grow through making some big mistakes sometimes. And so I have to, I have to be aware that, hey, 
it might come a time, you know, where I'm doing what I'm doing and I might make a mistake that I really am not trying to. But that's why it's so important to have people that hold you accountable. Um, if yeah. you don't have those people and, and you know that, you know, me, even even just with you, like, you know, it's really been a blessing for me just to be able to have a conversation, just hop on a conversation uh, and just just talk things through and where we're at and stuff. Um, yeah. But having those people in your life is so critical because. I would that I know without a doubt, you know, if I didn't have anyone in my life pouring into me, um, checking up on me, seeing how I'm doing, um, yo, it so easily I would just go off the deep end, man. Like yeah. doing what I'm trying to do because that is where the, the devil's just he's gonna have so many temptations there, and it's gonna look so desirable. Yeah. Um, at the moment, it's gonna look like something that's so great, something that's full of promise and gonna give you great success, but in the end of it all, you know, that's, that's your downfall. And, yeah. and so I think the main thing for me is realizing, yo, I have to make sure that the group of people that I'm with, their hearts are for Christ and for Christ only. Right. Um, and what they're, and that they understand as well, like, you know, what it is that I'm doing. Um, and, and that I feel I can express that with them as well. Um, which all that takes is just them being open, compassionate, and just hearing me out. Even, you know, even if we don't agree on everything, that's not, we're not called to agree on everything. That's not what right. that is. But um, right. just realizing where our hearts are at, what our intentions, what our motives are, and that ultimately everything is for the advancement of the kingdom. And so that's that's probably the main thing I would say is um, where my mind is with that. Um, it's it's dangerous. It's it's not a it's not a place where you just decide to go. You don't just decide, hey, I'm gonna break into the mainstream industry and not compromise my faith for anyone in it, right? That's not just something you decide. That's something I've, God has called me to that years ago. I mean, when I was 12, I, I, I really um, just prayed and prayed for a whole month, man. Every night I would just pray and just ask God, like, um, are you leading me to pursue music? And, you know, finally I, I heard him answer and um, it wasn't just a yes answer. It was, he very clearly told me, it's going to be different for you because I want you to reach a lost audience. I want you wow. to reach a different audience. I'm not looking for you. And, and, and that's the thing is that not everyone has that same, God is not calling everyone who's a musician to do that same right. thing. There right. are people that we need, there are musicians we need to edify the church, to be able to build the church up yeah. um, and be able to keep people growing in their walks with Christ. But there's also people who I definitely believe need to play the role of I guess almost bridging the gap because I, especially if we look at the um, Latin music industry, I think a lot of times you see on one side, you've got the secular music industry that's, you know, everything's played in the clubs um, and it's straight up, like a lot of times just vulgar and you see where the hearts, hearts at. Right. Whereas yeah. then you got this other extreme where it's like um, this Christian music, that's only meant for the church. Very hard to, really make it reach out to people and people aren't really putting their efforts at and reaching outside of their Christian bubble. So um, what God has given me a passion for is to be able to work in bridging that gap, allowing people to see, because I, I just don't think there's, there's much of that. And there needs to be because the people, those people need to be reached and they're not, yeah. we're not putting enough effort in um, reaching them. We're kind of staying in our own comfort zones and what I'm doing is definitely not me staying in my comfort zone. And it's going to be something that I know that 
Uh, there's going to be times where I question it and why I'm like, should I even be doing this? Or this is really not what I thought I was getting into. Um, but yeah. that's where I have people that hold me accountable, you know, people that understand um, people who are walking with Christ and growing. That, that's where that really plays a role. And uh, I, I think that's going to keep me going. And then obviously um, spending time with God every day and yeah. uh, studying his word and praying and devoting time to him. But yeah, so the main thing is um, I need to constantly remind myself uh, what it is I'm getting into. It's not just an easy job. It's not just something uh, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to do it, bro. It's going to be easy. You know, that's it's not what it is. But uh, yeah, but yeah, so I have to constantly. Which is not myself. easy at all. Yeah, it is a hard, hard, hard task. But look, man, I, I look at you and, and we were talking about this where um, and I, I've told you this, your music is also a safe place for Christians. Now, mm-hmm. you might not be completely saying Jesus, 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 right? Because that you're, you're talking about what you're going through right now in, in different mm-hmm. areas of your life, right? And we've talked about this. Not everything is going to be on one song, on one project, right? right. That's the beautiful, the beautiful thing about being an artist and creating multiple bodies of work. You get to show people different side, uh, different sides as you progress, right? And so, but how I see your music right now is a safe place. I, me as a Christian, and let's keep it a buck, a year and a half ago, no, two years ago, mm. I was smoking, I was drinking, I was having sex, I was listening to all the, all the music I could Right. I didn't care about words. I didn't care about lyrics. I mean, I did. I did. I did care about lyrics, but it was more like, oh, are you saying some bars? Are you going? You you know what I'm saying? Even if you're saying some vulgar, are you going to make me go? Oh, okay, Right. That's how I was thinking. And then now when I give up my life to Christ, I'm like, okay, one, God already convicted me and, and, and came up to me and basically made me realize that I can't take that stuff in because it affects how I operate. If I'm listening to Megan Thee Stallion talk about sex, 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 mm-hmm. it literally made me want to have sex. Right. Like I had that thing where I was like, Yo, why do I feel these, hold up now, right? All and right. so when I come to your music, I might not be hearing Jesus, 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 but it's a safe place for me. I'm not hearing any curse words. I'm hearing, I'm still hearing punchlines great punchlines but they're they're good you don't have to go into the in, into right. the vulgar space right yeah man you're, you're a safe place what do you think about the term um the, the christian here we go here we go christian <laughs> rapper give me mm. uh, your insight on the term christian rapper mm. so first i'll share like personally this is how i go about that whole thing i don't label myself you know if you call me that, or you call me this, you know, call me a, just a rapper, or you call me a Christian rapper, I mean, yo, it really doesn't affect me, you know? I'm going to let the music speak for itself. Um, the truth is in there, and so you label it what you want to, but you can't deny what it is that I'm representing in my music. Why, I was just real quick. Why do you think people are bothered by that title, Christian rapper? Right, because right. If you are a Christian and you're rapping, then it's, uh, you know, for people to say Christian rapper just comes off 
it, it makes sense. sense right it does like oh that makes sense to us christian mm-hmm. rapper but as yeah. a rapper as a writer as a musician why does mm-hmm. why do you think that bothers artists uh well i mean ultimately i think simply put it's they feel that their message is now put in a box and it doesn't reach the the listeners that they're also really wanting to reach right which are people that um that don't have those walks to christ that don't know who christ is i think kb put this a really good way and and the thing he said uh, and, I, and I'll, I'll say more about it but uh the thing he said was i'm more christian than i am rapper and, and I, I think i think ultimately what the most important thing is put labels aside do people know who you're representing right and is it obvious to them is it clear um i think if there's problems with that question and that's that's where you have to reevaluate yourself and what it is you're doing here's the truth is that i think we're going to come to different conclusions sometimes about you know is it wrong to deny the christian rapper label or um is that okay if you're doing this it's ultimately we're going to come to different conclusions but what really matters i think the most and what people don't realize is you know what is your music actually doing like what is it, are you bearing good fruit with it? Are you making it clear that what you're doing is representing Christ? You right. know, label it what you want to, but you can't deny the truth behind it, like the truth behind your music and what it is representing. So for me personally, I, I, I don't really care what you call it, man. I am, first and foremost, I am a believer in Christ and that is going yeah. to affect every single thing I do. And it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think that's the most important thing. So this whole label thing, I'm not big on it. It's up to the people who listen to the music to decide. But I'm going to um, make music that is unapologetic and that is um, that points to Christ and all of it, right? Whether I'm, yeah. whether I'm being direct with it or I'm sharing those morals, those principles, you know, that and, I mean, the Bible and, teaches us. And even, like, if we keep it real, right, like, God is, like love right and there's again there's so many different sides of the bible and so you know sometimes i've been spoiled by you honestly because you've sent me like a lot of tracks and one of my favorite tracks by you that it's unreleased is uh is it uh como tu is it that one yeah it's that one which is a love song right it's it's a love song and it's it's talking about um you know a a, a woman a girl like Mm -hmm man, it's not fair that you love me like you do. And then as me as a Christian, I sing that song, bro, <laughs> with my heart, dog. But it's because also I have a woman in my life who I, I'm going to marry. Mm. I have a woman in my life who I have my sight on. And sometimes in my mess, you know, sometimes in, in, in little things that I might do, I think, I think that about, about her, right? Like, man, it's mm. not fair that you love me. Right. You know, the way that you do. And honestly, that's even a message of, of like Christ itself, how he loves us. It's just not fair. And that's just mm-hmm. grace. Right. So even those songs where you're talking about love, it's not Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But what's coming out of the heart is pure. And and that's something that you find in the Bible, you know, um, that the, the tongue speaks, whatever is hidden in the hearts, whatever is in the heart, you know. Right. And I think it's if us as as Christians and as leaders, even leaders of the church, and um, if if we were just to start paying attention to lyrics and to what's coming out of here, rather than the sounds, mm-hmm. 
rather than the beat, I think we will be shocked to to see how many artists there is out here who are truly um, representing Christ right. in the right way. You know what I mean? Getting back to even the vision that God has for you. I'm just super interested in this, man, because again, mm-hmm. like there is a huge, uh, there's going to, to me, there's going to be a huge explosion that's going to happen in Latin America when it comes to, to Christian uh, musicians, right? And by Christian right. musicians, I don't just mean Christians who are making music for the church, but Christians like yourself who are making music outside of the church, right? And right, really right. Um, bring in the people that are uh, essentially lost or um, in, in another place, um, getting them closer to Christ, right? What do you see happening be- in with your music, Honduras, Central America? Like, mm. do you, have you gotten any vision for that? Yeah. Um, so one of the big things I really want to do and something that God's laid on my heart is I think a lot of times when we think about, you know, our impact on people, we think of how we can personally reach out to like millions of people ourselves and stuff. But I've um, just thought about it and prayed about it a lot. And what I would really love to do, man, is build those relationships with artists that are in the mainstream industry. And imagine impacting one artist and then their whole fan base knows about it, right? Their whole fan base sees that change. Their whole fan base like, is impacted like by it as well. Exactly. That's that's a prime example. Now, I mean, you know, we can go deep into it and Kanye is Kanye, but nonetheless. I mean, yes, he's, he's a work is, in progress. He is, exactly, exactly. It's just he's and, in front of a camera. Yeah, exactly. No, for, for sure. Um, but, but yeah, so ultimately, I mean, I just think about that and imagine how crazy that is to you impact one person that has so much influence over millions of people. Yeah. Millions of people that love their music, that, that literally just wait and are so eager to listen to anything they have to put out and everything like that. And so I think that's almost... I don't know, like if if that's the way that um God goes about it through me, um it's almost like a cheat code, man. It's like you impact one person, but it impacts millions of people, you know. Yeah, because you impact so that one person. It is. Yeah. No, music, man, I, I feel like music is one of those things that for some people it's the only thing that connects you and them. Um and I think that's mm. why there's so much power and so much influence in music. And that's why it can it's it can be a tool with uh very positive effects and very negative effects um yeah. depending on how you use it right and i think we we can see that it's pretty clear um but i mean bro the change that can come about through music i think it's it's insane it's such a powerful tool tool and god has put it in our hands for a reason yeah that can be used to change so many lives um and so it's something that i cannot take for granted um and i have to be intentional with what i'm doing i have to remind myself and have other people remind me what what my mission is in all of this. And that is yeah. to glorify Christ, and that is to share the gospel with others ultimately, and just be able to be an example and be a light in the middle of such a dark world. How do your parents feel about it? Because they're you, you mentioned they were missionaries. That's right. how you know they base this was basically passed down mm. to you, right? Like it's it's flowing yeah. through generations um, as as you go into the music industry what are what are they thinking what are they saying so it's a blessing man they they're very supportive because ultimately you know they know me and they've more than anyone they've been able to see me grow in my walk with christ 
ever since I was little to the point where I am now. I mean, I'm still living here too, so you know. So they're very supportive and they they really do care and they hold me accountable. Um, and, you know, they constantly, you know, ask me questions like and, and kind of just kind, just kind of to check on me and where my heart is at. And they pour in a lot of wisdom into me as well because, mm, I mean – they've they've learned so much they've grown so much over the years and it's because i mean part of it i mean just they're what god had called them to and that is going into you know honduras and living there and being a part of of all that um and all those people like it's been such a blessing for me bro like i've been able to learn so much that not very many people get to learn so yeah but they're very supportive and they keep me in check uh for sure i mean they're parents after all right my whole family, man, very supportive. Um, and it's truly a blessing because I can understand how some people become very discouraged um, pursuing a call like that and having the people closest to them not see what it is, not understand what it is that they're trying to do. Um, and it yeah. can become very discouraging. So it's something I, I can't take for granted. It's definitely a blessing. Sometimes it can even drive you into rebellion um, because, you know, if you're not getting that support, it's kind of like, well, all right, well, then I, I I'm going to just do whatever I want. But for them to, yeah. to be able to pour into you, to be able to allow you to um, um, grow and trust what God is doing in your life, man, I just think it's very admirable. And uh, I honestly think we need more people, man. Uh, you, you've mentioned a lot throughout this conversation about accountability and encouragement, right? Mm -hmm. And I was just talking to my pastor and uh, my young adults pastor yesterday about this, we were, we were looking at, uh, I was sending him a song by almighty. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was like, man, this dude is, this dude is, he's onto something. Like he's, he's lyrically, some of these songs are just very, very good. And they're for yeah. Christ and they're really spreading a good message. And, and I was telling him, I don't think enough people are encouraging him. There's probably mm -hmm. honestly a lot, enough people praying yeah. for him. And honestly, man, I can't even be a hypocrite. I should be praying more for him. I should be praying more for you, right? And um, I, I just think we all, you know, who are not musicians, who are not taking on that call, I think we need to be really praying for our artists and, and really need to be checking up, you know, if we have yeah. uh, really be open to the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit says, hey, check up on, on Joseph, right, on Don. We need to check up and see what's going on because, right. man, you you guys are, we're all in a tough battle um, and we're all in the different walks. But I think just encouragement overall. And in, in, in the Bible, you see Paul and in the New Testament, like you see the disciples and uh, the different apostles, like always checking up on people, always yeah. sending a letter. Oh, yeah. I'm going to pull up to so-and-so and, and check up on them, even if they were getting beat if they were getting yeah. uh, ridiculed, if they were getting jailed, they were always trying to encourage and check up on people. And I think we just need to do a lot more of that for our artists, um, specifically yeah. the artists who are picking up the call and saying, you know what? I am going to put Jesus out there. I am going to represent him. I'm going to be an ambassador of Christ. Mm. Um, so, man, I am super excited for you, bro, for everything that, um, God is going to do in your life. I'm super thankful for your parents and just everything, uh, you know, the people around you who are guiding you. I am going to be praying for you. Um, you. Anything else that, uh, any words of encouragement, anything that, any last words that you may have 
for other, you know, kids or, or young people or even just artists in general who are Christians and um, are looking to go into that, into that field? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one thing, you know, that I've just expressed um, throughout this whole conversation, and that is make sure that the people that you surround yourself with um, have hearts for Christ and are growing in Christ. Um, because that is so important, man. You have to have those people that hold you accountable. You have to have those people that um, <clears throat> they care for you so much that they will call you out if you're doing something that is being done in rebellion against God. And um, so that's super important. Like, seriously, be really intentional about that because um, down the road, you're going to realize, like, yo, that was critical um, to my walk with Christ. That is still critical to my walk with Christ. It's always going to be critical. Yeah. It's a thing. So, because um, we're never, we're never, we never reach a point in our life where, okay, now I've done enough. I know everything I need to know about Christ, bro. It's a whole process. We never get to that point. Um, so that that's my encouragement, man, is just surround yourselves with um, people who are on fire for Christ. That doesn't mean only surround yourself with those people and don't go out right and build relationships with people who don't know christ dude that's super important too that's literally we're called to go out uh you know through all the nations and make disciples um and you're not going to do that if you just stick to your friends that all know christ and everything we got to go out and and uh be that change so uh but that's my encouragement um make sure you're you know you are surrounded by people who are following christ um because that is going to impact you and um, that is going to shape you a lot and it will hold you accountable. So, yeah. 